Welcome to Out of the Ordinary, the show that helps you grow a daily life that matters. I'm Christy Purifoy. And I'm Lisa Jo Baker. And this week, there are three sisters we'd like to introduce you to. A romantic, a pragmatic, and, it sounds weird, I know, but Christy's twin. (laughs) And they are coming out to party, so get comfy, friends. Here we go. So I love how the kids always do their unboxing videos or their haul videos, you know? So I'm going to do <laughs> like right. a, the grown-up version of that because, dear listeners, in front of me today, I have the care package that arrived from Harvest House with some very special haul inside of it. <laughs> I have already un like cut through the tape in the packaging. There, It was quite strenuous. I had to get scissors. Um, and now there's treasure inside. It's a little stack of treasure. And I thought I would narrate it as I open it because it is a gift from my podcast co-host. It is the third in a trilogy of books I've been looking forward to for a very long time. So friends, I'm going to describe it to you. What's really cool is each of Christie's garden books have this beautiful ribbon binding on the spine. They're each different colors. This one is almost like, would you call it like a, not magenta, like a deep, what do you call this color? Maroon? It's more like a more that more purpley than maroon. Like it's rust red. It's, yeah. Yeah. All those words work for me. It is kind of a, a, a more red maroon. Okay. Wait, we need a better metaphor. This is the color of an unripe blackberry. Oh, wow. Excellent. The reason why the color matters is that the ribbon that is tying everything together perfectly matches the color of the spine ribbon. And it is so pretty. So here is Christy's book, Seed Time and Harvest. I am holding it in my hand. Can you hear it? I'm going to make like flipping through the pages sounds. There it is. It's so pretty. How Gardens Grow Roots, Connection, Wholeness, and Hope. It's gorgeous. It's heavy. It's got the embossed title, so when I run my hands across it, I can feel it. And then there's a fun little care package of things. There is a note card that says, a special gift for you. I I should probably know what flower this is. Is it a dahlia on the the cover? Uh, I'm trying to remember. Oh, I'm looking at my card, too. Is it a magnolia? Uh, Actually, that is a peony, and I know you love your peonies. Oh, it is a peony. Yes, it's a peony. I think I killed both of the peony bushes that I had, (laughs) but I tell myself that's okay. Am I allowed to read the card live? Oh, Lisa Joe. Of course, Jo. Of course. A special gift for a special friend. Exactly. Well said. The specialist of all her special friends. Thank you very much. <laughs> I counted one of God's great gifts that he allowed us to share this writing life together. Oh, so true. Thank you for all the joy, wisdom, feeling, and friendships you have poured into my life. Love, Christy. I like that you put feelings. <laughs> that, right, like, that was for you. Yeah. <laughs> Let me me tell you all my feelings about everything. And then there is a packet of seeds. And I don't even know what these are. Purple Pequan pepper seeds. They're so cute. The little bag has got illustrated Mm -hmm. peppers all over them. And what does it say there on your packet, on the bottom of your packet? Oh, my goodness. Grown at Maplehurst 2023. These are seeds from your actual garden. Wow. They are, Lisa Jo. I could tell you all about. I've got a story about collecting those seeds. So... (laughs) I'm sure I will kill them immediately, but I do have them. <laughs> and then I'm very curious about what this is. There's a wrapped, um, it feels like jute, like it's black jute. Oh, I have an idea. Is this a hat? Oh my gosh, it's yes, it's a gardening hat. 
It's black. It's kind of what the tennis ladies wear, but this is like a fancier garden version. It's got the Velcro around the back and the visor for being out in the garden, or in my case, taking a walk or being at the beach. Awesome. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so fun. Christy, it was so fun to get this. Like literally as the podcast started, I said, wait, wait, the package just arrived. Let me go and open it. So, oh my goodness, here it is. This book so this episode, this conversation is a two-parter. So this part of the conversation is the week before the book comes out, and next week will be the week after the book is in the world. So if you haven't pre-ordered it yet, you really do want to go and get it, especially because Christy has some special free gifts that you can get. What's the website they should go to? That is true. Um well, just head to christypurifoy.com. We'll keep it easy. But right, I'll put the exact I'll put the link in the in the show notes. Yeah, I am so happy with the pre-order gifts that um Harvest House created for this book. They are seriously the best pre-order gifts I've ever been able to offer. What they are, are they? So cool. Um uh so the first one is a whole a photographed guide to growing your own tea garden complete with like tea party tips and tea party recipes all kinds of plants you can grow to um brew your own teas at home. The second gift though Lisa Joe um they Harvest House sent a wonderful um photographer filmmaker um Zach out to my house. I'm going to link to him as well cuz if somebody needs a good uh film guy, they should definitely go to Zach in Dallas, Texas. Um so he came out and he filmed a whole me giving a whole tour of all the gardens here at Maplehurst. It's like a half hour long. Oh my goodness. And right, and I I sort of um it's, uh, I didn't script it, but I did plan it because my hope was that not only am I giving you a tour of the garden, but in each section of my garden, I'm really trying to give you like very clear takeaways, very clear tips for your own spaces. Um, it's just beautifully shot. Uh, I'm, it's, I'm, I'm going to treasure it, but I think it actually is a good gift for others. I think, um, even if a garden you're- tour. Yeah, even if you're not into gardening, um, you know, why not sit back, especially like here, it's not quite spring, and just wander through my summer garden. So both of those are available on my website. All you have to do is put in your pre-order info. It doesn't matter where you pre-ordered the book, Amazon, ChristianBooks.com, Barnes & Noble, wherever. Um, enter your info, and then you'll get an email with those those two gifts. That's so fun. I'm distracted because I'm paging through the book. This is my first time. Well, I did see Christy receive boxes of them when I was at your house recently, but I haven't held one in my hands yet to scroll through it. And they're so beautiful. The attention to detail in these books is just amazing. I think one of my favorite things is those internal cover pages that have yeah. the flower illustrations on them. They're so pretty. Mm-hmm. Oh, look, your dog makes a cameo. So does your husband. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yes. Raising dogs and cats and chickens. <laughs> These are so great. Oh, my goodness. I love it so much. Yeah. I feel, I feel like uh, one of the things we did with your first book is go a little bit behind the scenes on the cover image of the book. Mm -hmm. I think we got around it out there because this is, again, you on the cover. And each That's of your right. cover images has had a different kind of genesis. Mm -hmm. And it was one of the mm -hmm. first things I asked you was like, oh, did you take it with a timer again? Mm -hmm. And I did not um, because my tripod was broken. So, yeah, <laughs> welcome. Welcome to actual life. My tripod was broken. 
I knew I needed a cover image. I had had one I had taken, I think, months before that I always thought would be the cover. Um, But here's the thing with trying to time photography and the writing of a book. With the growing of a garden, I had taken that potential cover photo during the summer, end of the summer, right before the garden died, but before I had actually written the book. So I thought oh. I knew what the book was about. But of course, as as um, I think any writer would know, you writing surprises you. You know, you write out of questions. You write out of things you don't know in order to come, you know, to new answers. And so you end up in surprising places. So by the time I finished the book, <laughs> I realized, oh, that cover image which I do love. And it is in the book. It's just not this one. No, um, that one actually you're looking at uh, me by the black barn was taken. Is it the the one with you in the dress? Yes. So what page is that? Hey, I just saw it and then I lost it and I'm trying to find it again. But I am glad that I I wanted to be know if I if I got the right one, but I thought that might be it. So by the time I finished the book, I realized, okay, I still love that image, but it no longer quite speaks the book. Is it this one? Yes, yes. That's it's on it. page that's it. 30. Page 30. So I love that photo. But um, yeah, I, I it's just it just was no longer the book I had written. So um, I knew I needed a new photo. My tripod was broken. This is now fall. So the do- the garden is looking mm. very sad, very tired. <laughs> um, <laughs> And here's the other thing, Lisa Joe. I thought, and my publisher thought, we had always imagined that the third gardening book would have a bl- an emerald blue spine. Mm. Um, that was just the next color we, we had in mind. Um, but I had also decided that it should have the black barn on the cover because the previous books, I've got my little white garden shed, the home in bloom you see inside my house, my kitchen. And I felt like, what is another sort of iconic image of Maplehurst? Well, it's the Black Barn. So I really wanted to put that on the cover. Well, when they tested the concept, the emerald blue just looked weird. It did not look good with the black of the Black Barn. So that's where we found this this great unripe raspberry color um, or raspberry or unripe blackberry. Um, So... If we have any listeners who are who are artists or into color, when I had the blue in mind, I knew that I wanted some gold, some yellow gold in the photo, because I just thought that would look so great with the blue. Mm. Um, so that's why I I played around with this golden rod in my flower bucket. Pick that in my garden. It's the right time of year. It's literally the only thing that's still looking good at <laughs> that time of year. The golden rod, and I guess the hydrangeas that you can see at my feet were were looking really nice. Um, and I thought that gold would be so pretty with blue, but it turns out it's really pretty with a raspberry color too. So it all worked out. So Jonathan took my photo. I love I dragged that. him out. Yes. And he took many photos and I tried different configurations of outfit and hat and, and all the rest and different spots. And, um, yeah, I would coach him and then I would go around and I would look at what he'd taken. I'd say, Oh, oh, honey, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I did, Less of you know, me, more of the barn. <laughs> I love it. So the cover image has the whole big black barn, and then you have the golden rod. And actually, I realized that the visor hat you're wearing, I think, is the one you gave us, the gift yeah, that came in the very, mail, yep. just Same a different style. color. Mm-hmm. And um, this one feels more like a harvest color combination with this yes. rich 
sort of crimson yeah. ready spine and then the gold of the goldenrod and the black of the barn. It definitely feels like you're going into fall and harvest is the feeling mm -hmm. of it. And the, 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 the photograph on page 30 feels much more full summer, which is, is how yep. I feel like your first book feels like to me. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I think in this way, it kind of completes the trilogy. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And it, it's just one of those things I've learned over the years. And I've really learned a lot from you, Lisa Joe. You've always coached oh, me really nice. well to think about cover images and to not just do what is my instinct, which is to say, oh, this picture's so pretty. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> and you've always said, no, Christy, like the cover is telling a story or it's opening a story loop or something. You know, it has to do a little bit more than just look pretty. Um, and you're right. If this book is called Seed Time and Harvest, that an image of full-blown green summer reflects neither of those. <laughs> and um, yeah, it just doesn't, doesn't capture the feel of the book at all. So um, well done, Jonathan. I'll just shout out to my husband. He did do a good yes, job and was very patient with me. It was so great. I was trying to see if he got a photographer's credit on the back here somewhere. Oh, he didn't. I should have given him oh. one. <laughs> Oh, He's getting funny. it now. Here, Jonathan, here is your <laughs> here is your credit. <laughs> uh, I just wondered, you know, as you're at the end of this journey now, three yeah. books, three years back to back to back. Mm -hmm. That's a lot. And it's I mean, it's sort of like someone who has like babies that are Irish twins, I feel like. I'm just <laughs> curious as you are now. You know, last week's conversation was a lot about this idea. The last few weeks, we've been talking about this idea of impact and what, you know, how do you make an impact on the world? And if nobody hears or sees what you do, does it matter? And here you are creating work that feels like I'm sure to listeners like public impact, right? Like I can hold it in my hands. I can see it in a store. Um, you've done these three years of work that spends a lot of time underground. And then here it is. You, you, it's in the world. But now you're at the end of this trilogy, and I'm just curious how you feel, you know, as mm -hmm. someone who I think for a long time wasn't sure she was going to write more books and then came out with a trilogy. <laughs> like, what's going on? In you? How are you feeling about it all? <laughs> oh, it's true. Yes, I had given up writing books for a week and then <laughs> and then signed a contract for three. Um, how am I feeling? You know, I mostly I am feeling, I think, the way a lot of um, parents of not quite young children feel, which is, oh, my goodness, it, when I looked ahead, it seemed like it would be forever. And now it's over. So I can remember this sense of like, oh, I'm really grateful to know what work I'll be doing for the next three years. It just felt like this super long stretch of time. And in a way, it was. Um, I don't think I'd ever, in terms of my writing life, had such a long horizon um, planned out, right, of projects planned out. And so I kind of settled into that in 2020, which was good timing because we all know what happened in 2020. And so having that sort of figured out and mapped out was really, was really a grace. It was really a gift that I couldn't have anticipated. Um, but now from where I sit here, it just feels like it zoomed by. It just feels like it was a blink. It feels um, like, oh, wow, I, I thought I had things figured out for a while and now it's already over and I've got to figure things out again. And to me, that is what parenting feels like. That is what, um, I mean, marriage can feel that way sometimes. So many parts of our lives can feel that way. Family, you know, relationships, things, um, 
you know, we feel like we settle into a stage or a phase or a, a particular work or a season. And man, before we know it, it's just, it's, it's gone. Um, but I feel like the, the more that happens, the more I experience that, you know, three books in with the gardening trilogy, four kids into this family, right? Everybody growing, growing, growing. Um, the more it helps me, it's almost like it more it helps me grow these muscles of just being right where I am, of of not spending so much time in the future, not spending so much time looking ahead, but just because I know deep in my bones, oh my goodness, I'm looking ahead, but before I know it, I'm going to be there. And whatever I'm in right now is going to be gone. It's going to be past. So I just feel like um, with experiences like this and where I am in life, um, I'm grateful that it's just getting easier to just be, to just be. So how I feel is surprised. Wow, that's over. Um, it felt like it would last forever and it would, you know, it would never come that I was releasing the third book. Um, but now here I am and I just feel grateful that I got to do it. Grateful that I now get to share it. Grateful that these three books can, you know, sit on the shelf together. Um, grateful to have worked with such an amazing team. But also, and um, I think this is probably common as well to all of us with any kind of creative urge, whatever that creative urge is, I kind of can't wait. I, I, yeah, I can't wait to like do the next thing. Like I'm already thinking about what comes next. So um, it's also good to remember like, well, hold on, just, you know, be here for a while. Don't don't miss this moment because you're already thinking about the next creative project. <laughs> I mean, I could not relate to that less. Like truly. <laughs> no, I get it. And and actually how you feel now, Lisa Joe, is how I felt after Placemaker. Like so drained, dry. I will never, never. that's when I, I said I will never write again because right. I was so I was like, Yeah, I can't never. No, done. While I was in yeah. it, it felt forever. Looking back, it still felt like it was forever. No part of it felt like it was over quickly. <laughs> I cherished zero percent of it. <laughs> I still have PTSD when I look at the book. <laughs> never want to write another one as long as I live. Like, I just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's interesting to think. So you think it has to do with the subject matter? Experience. Yeah, it, it's it's totally the type of project. Absolutely. Yeah, it's the fact that um, you know I'm I'm um, yeah writing about such a fun, creative, life giving part of my own life. Um, the fact that it's this sort of creative collaborative project where I'm working together with a team on design and um, it's tapping into different parts of myself. It's not just me as a writer, but I get to do the photography and think about colors and things like mm. that. So to me, it, it doesn't feel like that um, that kind of creativity that is so deep, like has such a deep tap root in you that it's just taking everything to me, it felt more like a super, like a surface level, but not in a bad way, like in a really fun, good way. Um, more of a, more of surface level play. Now, there were moments where I was sort of banging my head against the wall, like, oh my gosh, I know I need more. I don't know what the next essay should be. I mean, it wasn't always easy. It wasn't always like I never, I never, it's not like I never had moments of like, oh my gosh, I think I've, I've taken a wrong turn. I need to figure this out. But for the most part, it, it was fun and it felt more like play than um, than writing sometimes can feel. So I hope that comes across to those reading it. And, and it feels important to me as well because I'm writing about something that while it has its gardening, which while it has its moments <laughs> where you're like questioning everything, you know, why do I take on so much? Why do I have this urge to do this? 
for the most part, um, gardening itself is such a playful, life-giving activity. I mean, it's why I've been so passionate um, to write three books about it is I think it is, I think it, it just breaks my heart that, that we've made it seem like this complicated thing that only some people get to do. Those people mm. with green thumbs, those people with experience, those people who went to school to study horticulture. Um, and yet I think, you know, God placed us in a world that is just bursting with life. And he, like he made everyone as one of us to be gardeners in some sense. So if I can write stories that inspire more people to dive in or that give people just enough of the little tips that they might need to no longer be afraid. I know what they're going to get back out. Like the beauty and the just riotous life that I was trying to capture in these stories from, from my garden. Um, I don't know. So it's like my experience of writing was playful because I'm writing about something that is so mm. playful. Okay. So on that note, if these three books, you have a trilogy, if these three books were sisters, what kind of personality would each of them have? So Garden Maker, oh. Home in Bloom, and Seed Time and Harvest. Tell us a little bit about the personality of each of these books, mm. because people, I think, should have all three. Why? Introduce us to them. Okay, so I don't know the birth order, because it might be different than the order they came out, but I can totally tell you what these girls are like. I mean, the first, Garden Maker, is the romantic. She's like... um Oh, what's the Jane Austen uh, sense and sensibility? Um, oh, this uh, Marianne. Yes, yes. So she'd be <laughs> garden maker Marianne. is Marianne. <laughs> she she's is, always like waiting for the great drama in her yes, life. The great yes, love. Yes, yes. Okay. That is garden maker when, especially when it comes to roses and yeah. So oh, garden I love maker, that. Garden maker is absolutely Marianne. Um, and I won't connect all of these books to Austin characters because I would have had to have thought about that ahead of time. But um, A Home in Bloom is more of the, um, it's the the stay-at-home sister who prefers to be indoors. Um, but she's looking outside at the fun Marianne is having and realizes, you know, I would love to bring some of that life inside. Um, I would love to be surrounded even in here with a little bit of what Marianne has. So it isn't the riotous rose garden, but it's that perfect little pot of, of, you know, a geranium flower on the windowsill. So that's number two. And then number three is... I think you have to name her. So we oh, have to name Come on, come on. You can do it. She needs a oh name. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Um, uh, what was, oh, oh, I don't know. Do you have a name for me? Um, home, how, what would her name be? Her name would be, well, I mean, she's kind of a, um, she's kind of a Martha, I guess. Okay. That's good. That works. Yeah. That, Marianne that's and Martha. That's very descriptive. Yes. <clears throat> but you know, like a fun, like a still, a, 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 you know, fun Martha, you should still, you know, still pick it up. <laughs> um, <laughs> but number three is definitely most like me. Okay. Number three is the firstborn. Number three, um, number three is seed the time one. and harvest. Yeah, yeah. Seed time and harvest. Yeah, seed time and harvest clarifying. is Christy. Yeah, because seed time and harvest is kind of that that more serious firstborn who is connecting all the dots and saying, "Here is what it means, and here is why it matters." And yes, it's fun and it's full of life, um, but this is actually. Quite quite serious business that we're talking about. There's a lot that is wrong with our world. There's a lot that is wrong with us. 
And as I say in the book, you know, gardening can cure so much of what ails us, um, especially in all the ways that we feel fragmented, disconnected from others, separate, you know, all those sort of fissures we feel in our lives where things aren't connecting, where we're, you know, we're not, whether it's with other people or with the natural world and just all that animosity that can kind of drive us apart, separate us from nature. Um, Seed Time and Harvest is concerned with um, the ways that gardens heal those things, bring everyone back together in this kind of flourishing circle of life. So um, yeah, Seed Time and Harvest is Christy. (laughs) I know her middle name. Because we talked ah. about this in the beginning. Her name is Christy Seat Time and Harvest, Why Gardens Matter. Because that that's was right. the original title we talked about for this book. That's right. Why Gardens Matter. Yep. My quiet manifesto. That's it. Yeah. I love that. I love that take on these. All right. So if somebody is trying to choose one of them as a starting point. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And they were like, I can only have one. Do yeah. you think it matters more what their the reader's personality is and what they're looking mm-hmm. for? Or do mm-hmm. you think one of these is the better one to start with? No, I do think it matters what their personality is. Um, so the reason I started as a writer with Garden Maker, which is all about the romance of individual flowers. So I have all these essays about the rose, the daffodil, the iris. And then sort of portrait photographs spotlighting these flowers. And the reason is, is because I first got into gardening because I just fell in love with individual flowers. I, you know, I would fall in love with a peony and realize, oh, my goodness, I could plant a peony. And then I was just so enamored when the peony bloomed and on and on and on tulips and Mm. and, you know, so many flowers. So that was like the the gateway for me (laughs) Um, was just the romance of it and the over the top beauty of these individual flowers. So that's what got me started. But once I got into gardening, I realized, oh, it is about so much more than these individual flowers. Um, Mm -hmm. It is about all these connections between the flowers and the life all around them, butterflies and insects. And in this book, the dogs and the chickens and the kids and, you know, the neighbors and all of it. Um, And so just because I started with the individual flowers um, doesn't mean you have to as a reader. But if that if you're like, I don't know, gardening seems like maybe it's just too much work, well, then start with Garden Maker because it will help you fall in love. And once you're in love, it no longer, you know, feels (laughs) like too much work. Um, and then a home in bloom is definitely for the home home lovers, those who maybe think that they're more into what is happening inside their houses than outside. Um, it's, it's, um, yeah, it's for those who aren't even sure they want to be outside, but they would love some more life in their homes. Um, it's also for those who maybe they like gardening, but they only do it in the summertime and they never really thought about how it could be a year round part of their lives. Um, so that's a home in bloom. What did we call her? That's Martha. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love it. I love th- it's actually really helpful to me. I feel like I have a very clear vision of these three sisters now and when I would turn to which one and which occasion. I do like that, that the passionate romance will lure you in and then you get to a point in a relationship where you need to DTR to find the relationship and understand the deeper meaning. And that's what our lovely Christy in Seed Time and Harvest is going to teach you about why gardens yeah. matter. Mm-hmm. Lisa Jo, I know you have told me that like you grew up, grew up with plants and like your your father was a gardener right or at least he kind of dabbled in his yard do you feel like is that am I right to say that is that is that true I know he was so busy as a doctor but 
Yeah, you know, he and so maybe this is a good place to pause and say that this will be part of part two next week to talk a little bit about how our stories influence how we understand gardening, and how everything is a deeper story, right? Because what's happening on the surface is often indicative of things that are happening under the surface. And maybe you listeners, you're thinking about which book to open, it's it is actually its own kind of compass directing you based on a true north that you're not even aware is pulling you. Because I think that's what we discover when we write, like what the things are, the forces that are at work in our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so you need to go to christypurifoy.com and check out what the pre-order things are, the special little gifts. And then you too could have a moment of unwrapping something magical that comes from Christy with love. And Christy, I can't believe I haven't seen the video. So I feel like mm-hmm. you have slacked and should have sent me that early because I've always <laughs> seen your trailers <laughs> early. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I do. I have a great I have a great short trailer on the website, but then I have this long garden yeah. video for pre-orders as well. I see that. Well, maybe next week as well, Lisa Joe, um, if we're talking about family stories, I will tell you the story of those seeds that are in that packet, oh, those, perfect. those purple Pekin seeds, because um, that's a family story. And it's in the book. So, you know, um, before, if for those listeners who have pre-ordered, who get their book on March 5th, they might have read the story of these pepper seeds. It's one of the final essays in the book. Actually, it might even be the very last essay before the little really? epilogue. Yeah. Um, but either way, I'm going to share that story and maybe even read a bit um, next week, which will be March 6th. The book will be out. Let's do it. So exciting. So those of you who I just want to say also thank you. Some of you have been so generous in helping support the show because, Mm -hmm. as you can tell, we are ad-free these days, and you have made amazing donations through the link in our show notes, Um, and thank you. We tried to figure out how to set up like a way to say thank you or to email you back through PayPal, and we couldn't figure it out. It doesn't seem like there's a way, but please know, like, we read your notes. We've emailed back Mm -hmm. and forth. We're so excited. It Mm -hmm. sort of feels like... Like you guys are water, like you're watering us and we've been kind of growing here and it's been hard going sometimes and it has just felt like the freshest glass of water and we just wanted to tell you thank you again for that. So here's to next week's conversation and going a little deeper under the surface of our sort of our family stories of gardening, Mm. our origin stories when it comes to our flowers and our lives. Digging deeper. Podcast assistance for this show is provided by the fabulous Jody Smith. If you're looking to start a podcast or you need help with editing, we highly recommend you contact him at jodysmith.com slash ordinary. That's Jody, J-O-D-E-Y, smith.com slash ordinary.